listening to the Highland Baptist Church Network and the audio ministry of our church. Today, Pastor Brian Calhoun brings a message entitled Detours. Have you ever been headed down the road and had to detour because the road was closed? Today, we dive into the book of Acts and we'll be challenged from God's Word to not be afraid when detours come in our lives. Now, let's listen to today's message. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Uh, today, we're going to have a time of obviously family worship here this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit about what the kids were learning during our vacation Bible school this last week. You know, recently, uh, Sarah and I were traveling somewhere. We were trying to get to where we're going, and there was a bad accident. This uh, trailer had jackknifed across the entire road, and so I'm pulling up to it, and I'm staying back because I see it already, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, no, and uh, I usually go this certain way, and, uh, you know, a good thing is it's nice to have your, your phone with you and kind of figure out a different direction to get there, uh, but we had to turn around, went back to this uh, uh, convenience store that we need to take a stop there anyway, and um, so we head back up there, and it looks like just a regular convenience store, except you go inside, and it's like a little mercantile type of place. It's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat place you can go and shop and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, it looks like just a regular like old shell gas station on the outside, but on the inside, it's kind of a neat little place. And so we got finished there. We left. We made it to our destination where we were going, but we had been detoured. And if we hadn't been detoured, we hadn't figured, we would never figured out that wonderful little store right there. We never figured that out. And also, as we were going the different way to get to where we were going, we saw beautiful scenery we'd never seen before and never would have seen before. And many times, that's just how detours are in our lives, right? We kind of think at the time, man, this is so inconvenient. Man, I just really can't stand this. Man, I'm going to be late for whatever you're going to be late for. And, you know, I just can't stand this. And then when you look back, it's like, wow, that detour was really by divine design. You know, it was a detour that we kind of needed to take. Well, if you have your copy of God's Word, open up to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. And this is the passage of Scripture. I believe it was Tuesday night that the children looked at on Tuesday night. Acts 27. And uh, we're going to see today detours, how to deal with detours. How to deal with detours from Acts chapter 27. And we'll be looking at some other places uh, to here this morning. Acts chapter 27, beginning in verse number 4. If you'll please stand with me in honor and reverence for reading of God's holy, inspired, infallible, inerrant word. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. When he, we had sailed over the sea, which is off Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Snedus, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. 
Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest in winter there. Skip down to verse 23. For there stood by me this nine angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. Then verse 35. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food for themselves. Then the last part, verse 42 through 44. And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But a centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Father God, we come before you right now. And it's so good to trust in you. We know, Lord, that nothing ever takes you by surprise. You don't ever look down and say, I didn't know that was going to happen. No, Lord, you knew. And so, Father, we take great comfort in that. And we trust in you today. Father, I pray today as we look at your word, as we look at this subject today of detours, I pray that you would lead in God the sermon here today. I pray that my thoughts would be your thoughts, that my words be your words that you would want said here this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross, that I can preach your word with passion and conviction without any reservation. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You may be seated. How do you deal with detours? How do you deal with them? And also, what can you do when detours show up? Well, this morning I want us to look at five actions that you need to take when detours arise. Five actions that you need to take when detours arise. First of all, recognize the detour. Recognize it. Paul recognized it, but the others did not, right? The captain said, I'm going to trust my sailors over here more than I'm going to trust this guy named Paul. But Paul recognized, here's a detour coming. Well, I recognized I was driving. I was like, wow, there's a detour up ahead. Matter of fact, it was sometime recently driving downtown Pensacola area. There was a detour right there. I mean, you're sitting there driving along, but, you know, they're doing construction, which is like forever around here, right? 
this forever construction going on. We need to hire somebody like that David works for. They can get it done quicker. <laughs> um, but, uh, but there was construction going on. So I said, detour. I couldn't get to 110 the way I normally go. But, hey, I've been here long enough. I knew how to get around that and to get back to the interstate. But detours. You have detours. We had a detour just this week. We had to say, hey, we're going to postpone vacation Bible school until later on. We're still going to do it. And we know what? We're like, you know what, Lord? We recognize that we need to take this detour right now. Well, this wasn't the first time that Paul had to take a detour. Paul had to take a detour over in Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, this is what it says in verses 6 through 10. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia after they had come to Mysia. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had caused to preach the gospel to them. I want you to get this this morning. Many times when detours happen, who do we attribute the detour to? This is the devil, right? The devil. A lot of times we attribute the detours to the devil. And we say the devil or Satan did this. And so we start getting down in the mouth and think, oh, no, Satan's winning or the devil's winning. Let me tell you something. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the detours in your life are by divine design. They are father-filtered. They don't just happen to you without the father allowing it to happen to you. Right here, look what Paul says in Acts 16. He says, they were forbidden, how? By the Holy Spirit. And then verse 7, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit. That's a good lesson for us today. That many times when you have detours that come into your life, don't attribute it to Satan. Don't give him more power than what he has over you in your life. This right here for Paul in Acts 16 and Acts 27 was by divine design. It was something that God had done to direct him where he needed him to go. And so it says here that Paul concluded that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Where? In Macedonia. And there was those that were saved in Macedonia. So recognize the detour. Once you've recognized the detour, you need to react with prayer. You need to react with prayer. Let me tell you something. We, we found out this week we had one Tuesday morning. Then we had one on Wednesday. We're reacting with prayer. We didn't just react, oh, no, the sky is falling Okay, we reacted with prayer. We prayed to God, seeking the Lord and asking him, what do we need to do, Lord? How do we need to approach this? And he react with prayer. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, regard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I've got that one memorized. Yeah, I've needed it a lot of times. <laughs> I've got that one memorized. i got those two verses memorized. Because many times we need to understand that we don't be anxious and start getting all fearful about it. We need to react with prayer. 
react with prayer. If you want peace, and do you want peace today? If you want peace, then pray to God. He will give you his peace. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Jesus had a habit. And what was his habit? His habit was prayer. Look at Mark 1, 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long time before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. There he prayed. Luke 5, 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus, the God of the universe who created this all, who created everything that we see, Jesus who did all that, he knew where the power came from. He knew that he needed to be in that communion with the Lord daily. He would get up before the chickens got up and he would go and pray. It would be dark outside and he would be praying to the Lord. There are times where it says he prayed all night long. Why? Because he realized that's where the power comes from and that's where the answers come from. When you have detours, as you go to the Lord and react with prayer. I love Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. It talks about our compassionate high priest. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boldly. React in prayer and come before him boldly. On Wednesday, Wednesday night's lesson was going to be about Jesus' power helps us to do bold things. When we have detours, and you're going to have detours in your life if you haven't already, which, looking around, everybody here has already had detours before. But when you have detours happen in your life, you need to react with prayer and come boldly before the throne of grace and say, Lord, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. We've never faced this before. What do we do? Go to him in prayer. React in prayer. So you recognize the detour and you react in prayer. Here's the bottom line. When detours come, trust Jesus. When detours come, trust Jesus. I wish we, I, I, know, I know we have a lot of kids in here, but that's okay. What they were taught this week, okay? They were taught this. Trust Jesus was always the final thing that you would say, okay? So um, God gives us power to do bold things. Trust Jesus, whatever it may be. So you would do this. You could do like this. You could grab him like a train whistle and you go, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. So everybody in here, okay, I want to do it now. When detours come, get ready, let's get ready, get ready, get ready. When detours come, when detours come, trust Jesus. Let's say it together. Trust Jesus. When detours come, trust Jesus. They're going to come. Notice I didn't say if detours come. I said when they come because they're going to come. And when they do, we need to trust Jesus. So not only recognize the detour and react with prayer. But once you've prayed, you need to receive godly counsel. You need to receive godly counsel. Um, Godly counsel through God's word and through other people. So let's look at what the Bible says about receiving godly counsel. First of all, you need to consult the scripture. 
Psalm 17, 19, 7 through 11 says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward." It's important to go to the scriptures to look for the answers. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I love this quote from George Mueller. I just received it this morning. When I got it, this person, had, I don't think they had, they may, but they sent out to a bunch of people, okay? I received this quote just this morning, and this is what George Mueller said. God not only orders our steps, he orders our stops. I think many times we love it when God orders our steps. We love it when God tells us what to do, but when God tells us to stop, we're like, Really? God orders our stops too. And we need to recognize that he's the one that's ordering our stops. Again, we recognize it's him and not give credit to Satan where Satan doesn't deserve the credit. There's many times he does deserve the credit, right? But not all the time. God directs our steps and God directs our stops also. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is given by Theopneuptos. Theopneuptos, that means God, Theo. Nuptos, anybody ever use a pneumatic tool? Air, right? Theonuptos means God breathed, inspiration, inspired the word of God. And so if he's inspired it, I believe that we ought to take and read it and digest it and apply it to our lives. Any detours that you have, you need to receive godly counsel. Consult with scripture, but also consult with other believers. Proverbs is a wonderful place for this. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fail, fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs fifteen twenty two, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs twenty four verse six, for by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. One of us is not as smart or as wise as all of us or many of us. Seek godly counsel. For example, this week, we had an impromptu staff meeting. We are on the phone trying to get the staff members that um, they're, they're working elsewhere, and so we're trying to get them on the phone, getting everybody talking on the phone. Another staff member arrives at the office, and so we're trying to figure this thing out. What are we going to do? How are we going to proceed forward? What's the right thing to do is you're trying to keep everybody's uh, safety, health, all that kind of stuff in mind. You're trying to make this decision. 
And also not just that, but other key leaders in the church, talking to them about how to proceed forward, right? Because this is something that before, uh, for us here in America, I think the first case was sometime in January 2020 of you know, last year. So before that, we didn't really have to deal with that. Matter of fact, it was 100 years before that you had a pandemic as such like this. And so even then it was different because people weren't traveling everywhere so easily as they can today. And so we're dealing with something we never dealt with before, having to deal with it a little bit again this week. And so not only looking to the scripture, not only praying, but also seeking godly wisdom and counsel. But once you've done that, you need to respond in faith. Don't just, many times people do this, they gather information, gather information, gather information, and they have analysis paralysis. They don't do anything. But what you need to do is once you have the information, and once you know this is what God wants you to do, you respond in faith. And understand too, the gracious, the wonderful thing is most everybody has been so gracious. Most everybody has understood the decision that had to be made and stuff like that. We, we understood that. But you're always going to have some that aren't going to understand, may be critical, may have be critics, sort of like that, you know, like, um, I don't understand this. I don't know why we didn't do this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's really what it sounds like from someone that's not really a leader, that doesn't really have to lead, you know. You respond in faith and you take a stand. You say, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're not going back now. We can't go back. This is what we're going to do. If the Lord says do something different down the road, you'll do that. But right now, this is what you're doing. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That word, therefore, direct your paths in the Hebrew and so word literally means to smooth out the paths. And I think I've talked about this before, and I've got some good visual up here right now. But it's like if you're, if you're a king or some dignitary going down the road, and they're traveling down the road, they would have people out in front of them who would take and clear out the path. So if this was in their way, and I'm not going to lift it right now, but if this was in their way, they would take and lift it and move it out of the way. That's what that means there, that it's not that, there, that your path is always going to be smooth. It's not that your path is not going to have any impediments along the way. It's not that there's going to be any obstacles or no detours. There could be detours, and there will be. But when they come, God's going to direct your path. God's going to tell you what you need to do. And that's what he did this week. Tell us this is what you need to do. When detours come, Trust Jesus. Trust him. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That should be an encouraging verse for you. As you respond in faith, you do what God's told you to do, then you just know that he's going to strengthen you in the decision that you've made. And then there was a verse that the children learned this week. They learned this one on Monday. Psalm 31 and verse 24. Psalm 31 and verse 24. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So you have to recognize that there is a detour. React in prayer. Receive godly counsel. You respond in faith.
And really, finally, but really throughout the whole process, you're to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, as you look down here uh, at verses 35 and 36 of Acts 27, matter of fact, you have a lot of Scripture going right along with this from Acts 27 with the points here. I didn't go back and go over there, but I want to look at this one with you. Verse 35 and 36. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to the Lord in the presence of them all. When he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. Now, I realize the context, the context, you know, he's getting them to eat food, and um, he wants them uh, to have that strength that they need, and all that's what Paul's doing. But Paul giving thanks to the Lord, he's rejoicing in the Lord, even in the midst of being or shipwrecked. Even in the midst of having problems of being detoured, he's rejoicing in the Lord. You know, how many times has there been a detour in your life? And instead of rejoicing in the Lord, you are grumbling to the Lord. Why has this happened? I don't know about this. I had all this planned out, and all of a sudden, this has just ruined everything. It's ruined my week. It's ruined my month. ruined my year. I mean, I can't believe this has happened to me. Instead of rejoicing in the Lord, instead of rejoicing in Him and what He's done. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Wonderful song from years ago. It used to be, it was, it's praise and worship years and years ago. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's a wonderful song, but hopefully it gets to your heart. This one's not in your notes, but Psalm 118 verse 24 is a favorite of mine. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice in the Lord. Even in the midst of a detour, even in the midst of something happening in your life, they say, I don't understand this, Lord. Why is this happening? Rejoice in Him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, Paul wrote this also. It said, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The interesting thing is, it doesn't say give thanks for all these things. It says in all these things, give thanks. You've dealt with something, a, a huge trial in your life. It may be a health trial, maybe a financial trial, maybe something in your family, but you've dealt with a trial in your life. It may not be that you're happy for it. It may not be re rejoicing. I'm so glad for this. No, it's like you're rejoicing in it. There is a difference. There's a difference. Rejoicing in it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then Romans 8, 28, we looked at this two or three weeks ago. We looked at Romans 8, 28, because we've been going through and preaching through the book of Romans. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And we know that all things not some, not most, not 99%. All things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, all things work together for the good. It's not saying, once again, it's not saying all things are good. It's saying all things work together for the good. Let me tell you something. In this situation here, 
Sarah and I at first, and then the rest of the staff, and then the rest of the, um, the leaders we were talking to, we started getting excited about doing this VBS in the fall. Thinking, you know what, we'll do it maybe on Wednesday nights, maybe do like a, over six weeks, because you can't do it over, we only had three nights left, but it's a three-hour night each night. So we'll do it probably over like a six-week time period. We haven't got it all fleshed out yet, but we started getting excited. You know what, that'll get the, the kids here on a more consistent basis. And who knows what God's going to do with the salvations? Who knows? I don't know. He does. And listen, sometimes what happens when detours happen and we're, you know, we're having something like this. You know, we, when you have VBS, you have the Monday night, the Tuesday night, the Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Okay, that's how we do it. Some do it in the morning. We do it at night. Um, we have a lot more uh, workers and volunteers that can work and be a part of it in the evenings. That's when we do it. But you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday night is the evangelism, the soul-winning night, right? They've been building up all week. The kids have been hearing it all week and builds up to Thursday night. And so some can think, oh, no, we had to postpone it, and those will not be saved. That is not God's word. God is in control. He's the one that does the saving. It did not take him by surprise. And the ones that are going to be saved will be saved. Amen to that. They will be saved. Yes, we don't like detours. And yes, humanly speaking, we start thinking, oh, no, what about this? Oh, no, what? That's just humans, okay? So I'm not knocking you if you think that way. That's fine because all of us do it. I'm including myself in that, right? All of us do that at times. All of us have these what ifs and what about this and what about that going on in our lives. Let me tell you something. When the detours come, ready? When the detours come, trust Jesus. When the detours come, trust Jesus. Now, this invitation this morning is a little different, a little different than a normal invitation would be. Um, first and foremost, I do want to say, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can trust Jesus today. You can trust today. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And so you can be saved today, right now, right where you are, wherever you are. You can be saved today. And so I want to encourage you, if you need to trust Jesus, just do it right now right where you are. Trust him today. Second part of invitation. How many of us have had detours in our lives? Everybody's had detours in their lives. If you've lived very long at all, you've had detour in your life. Maybe it's with job. Maybe with school. Could be with children. Could be a detour in your marriage that you weren't expecting. Could be a detour with your health. Could be a detour with your finances. But all of us have had detours in our lives. Maybe today, whatever your detour is, the Lord's telling you right now, just trust me. Trust me. In this detour, trust me me today. I'm asking everybody right now to stand with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. You have just heard a message from God's Word and now it's your chance to respond. What is God calling you to do in response to today's message? Let us know by going to hbcmolino.com forward slash life. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for joining us today on the Highland Network. Enjoy your day.